0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown.
0: Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always
2: home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air, Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Good morning, Arkansas. Good morning, everybody. Christian Johnston, Matt Jones, good morning to you. It's a lovely day in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm right outside the Vanderbilt Football Stadium at the hotel as we're getting, uh, we got a women's basketball game later tonight. going to be a late night, 8 o'clock tip, so who knows when we'll make it back into northwest Arkansas. Sun is shining here. A little rain earlier today. They are digging up, uh, they are digging up part of the Vanderbilt Football Stadium Uh this is one of the cool things whenever you come here and stay in this hotel. You can see into the football stadium, and uh, they're digging up uh, looks like the last 20 yards right into the end zone, so that would make it 30 yards that they're digging up. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to help uh, the Commodores find the end zone uh, a little bit more often because they have a little trouble with that sometimes, but... Uh, yeah, it's a good day to be talking sports with everybody. Matt, how you doing today? What's new?
0: Yes, sir, man. Uh, a lot going on in the NBA. I guess the world of basketball everywhere. NBA, Nick Smith. I mean, it's uh, pretty exciting to have a radio show today. I'm looking forward to these three hours.
2: We well, got another, like, I think it's three hours until the deadline. Until the For training, the trading deadline, deadline the yeah. NBA, yeah. Right?
0: Dude, when the when the best player in the world gets traded, it's kind of cool. Like Kevin Durant, I I, I mean, everybody can have what they want. When when Kevin Durant's healthy, he's the best player in the world. And uh, going to Phoenix, you know I'm not a CP3 guy. I'm not saying he's not talented. Uh, but that's two of the best scorers. And Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant, I mean, they're, they're going to put up some points if healthy.
2: I don't remember how many... Uh, First round draft choices uh, the Brooklyn Nets gave up in it's, order to get this what used was supposed to be a super team, but now they've gotten seven first round draft choices over the next seven years. It's to it's, do to do whatever with.
0: It's so weird, Phil, that the NBA and we can get into it as as the show goes on. But but honestly, man, there's only about twelve. I mean, I there's two rounds, thirty two. There's there's not that many guys. You know, the NFL has seven rounds. There's not 64 guys that can make it to the NBA, and a lot of people get some bad advice and they 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 mess around in the G League for a little bit. But there's only about 12, 15 guys in the draft. So what they did, and you, what you're what you're banking on as Phoenix is you're going to be one of those final teams in the West. So all you're doing is shipping out a 28th pick overall. You're not getting any value. It's real hard. I'm not saying you can't. Manu Ginobili was like the 29th overall pick, and you know, like you can find value late in the draft, but it's hard basketball. It's totally. It's 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 really hard to find great picks late. So it's not. I don't understand how Brooklyn traded Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, all three superstars, and didn't get a superstar back. All they got is like twenty. It's it's a weird. I mean, that's total rebuild.
2: They got a lot of hope, I guess. That's what you're when you're getting first round draft choices. You're getting your your fans, or you're trying to you know. Uh, communicate to your fans some hope of, uh, of the ability to, to draft well. But you're right. I mean, the NBA draft is different than any of the other drafts we'd pay attention to, those being Major League Baseball and the NFL. NFL, a lot of times uh you're able to find guys that can play for you right now in the fourth fifth especially running backs yeah
0: yeah in in the nba after about the 15th pick phil 18th pick or so you you just better go to next year and it's uh, i I know you're gonna be first round to be on the team but you don't see a lot of number 22 picks number 24 picks come in and help that team it takes three or four years before they're any good
2: how long were were Harden? Uh, Kyrie and Durant together. 16 they, games. Is no, no, I was going to, how many years? Because oh, I, I know they only played 16 games together, but over the course of three, what was it, two years, three I, years? They I want to say
0: 2021, games. somewhere around there, 2021. The, the yeah.
2: equivalent of what an NFL regular season used to be. Right before
0: COVID happened, because remember, Kyrie didn't take his vaccine, so couldn't play home games in New York because they had that rule going on. Kevin Durant's been hurt. Kyrie took two leave of absences. James Harden's been kind of iffy, but he's he's playing well in Philly right now, James Harden's probably the most healthy out of them. Which Kyrie played last night without Luca, and they they were able to beat the Clippers.
2: Yeah, he did well in his debut with uh, with Dallas. So I mean, and and again, I mean these this this I can't imagine another trade that's any bigger than this. Crazy, <laughs> for the next yeah. few Hours, yeah. So uh, definitely uh, an interesting day when it comes to the NBA uh, trading deadline. Um, and then yesterday. Uh, the news coming in, a pre- in the in the Zoom presser with uh, Eric Musselman, and then later on on an Instagram live broadcast with Makai Mitchell, Nick Smith Jr. Uh, didn't Must said he's practicing, and we expect him to play for us sometime in the near future. And then and then Nick and Makai basically on the Instagram live broadcast say Saturday's the day, you know, and this is what you've been talking about, as what we've been talking about too. You know, we don't have inside information on whether or not. Nick was when going he's to coming for, back, yeah. For the Razorbacks. But the point was that if he hadn't practiced, if he hadn't been practicing, then you can't you can't get on the court for a game until you've I don't been know any coach. numerous practice.
0: Bill, I don't know any coach that's any good that would play somebody without going through a practice. Like unless it's a, a deal where you've been playing and all of a sudden it's the Super Bowl, you haven't played, but for for what he's gotta do, you gotta go through practice because it's knee management. You you want his knee to be fine.
2: Well, it sounds like Saturday against Mississippi State is the day, and I mean, I mean, so this brings up a lot of questions and a lot of excitement at the same time. Like now, theoretically, with a month into a little more than a month until Selection Sunday, um, you're getting potentially the best player. He is our in, best player in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just saying Arkansas's best player. Maybe, maybe the best player in the SEC and one of the most talented players in the country to come back. And man, I mean. I got to look at my numbers, so I remember how many games Nick played. Five, I think, before the injury. I mean, I thought it was Five, maybe total? a handful if yeah. that. And, was that and Oklahoma
0: game his last game he played?
2: No, he played. Did he play a little bit against Asheville? He no, it was the game. No, it was the game in North Little Rock. Played a little bit in the game against uh, against that we uh, couldn't
0: see. wasn't on Bradley. TV. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah. Left that game early uh, and hasn't played since. So that would have been on uh, December the seventeenth. December the seventeenth. It's a little bit, almost two months, like seven
0: weeks. Yeah, fifty days or so. Yeah,
2: man, that's exciting. But it also is like, how do you? <laughs> like this was this was a player. He and Trevin Brazil was the. These were the players that the offense was going to be built around for for very good reasons. And now roles have sort of you know been accepted by so many of the players. That are amongst the the seven basically in this rotation, uh, and you wonder how much of this changes. Here's one aspect of this though: like Ricky Council the fourth has been, you know, for the most part, the top scorer for this team in these last seven weeks. It doesn't mean he can't still go out and be a focal portion of this offense. Like if Trevin Brazil and Smith were initially the focal points of it. Is it doable to have a guy like Nick Smith? And again, like you, you're hoping, really, you're hoping that he's able to get on the court and start playing very well immediately. Like I guess I'd be surprised if he's out there for more than 20 minutes. You know, and I, I just you get on the court and. And see and see what feels good. But Ooh. after not playing for seven weeks and and focusing only on conditioning. Like you remember when he first got out there, that first game, I can't remember which one it was. You remember that first shot he took? And that whole game where he played like maybe six or seven minutes, you could tell there was just like um an over overly excited He's to excited. finally be out there. Like that first shot was like an air ball or a brick, and you're like, I oh, you we probably won't see much of that from him. Um like, how, how much will it take to get him back into the flow of of basketball when I don't really know well, how tell much you this, he's Phil, had an opportunity to be in the flow to begin with?
0: And I, I'm not nowhere near as talented as Nick Smith was, but I can use my personal experience. So I'm at football practice, football season, going in, and I'd go shoot on my own, but I'm in shape but I'd go shoot on my own. It took me 2 or 3 weeks to get back into basketball shape. And this is I'm playing football. You know, my my freshman and my junior year I did this. And in about January I joined the basketball team, and it took 10 days, 2 weeks to really get into the basketball mode. And so uh, that's that's what I I'm, I'm going to go on my personal experience. I think it would take 3 or 4 games before he'll get going, but it will take a whole month before he's really into but 80% of Nick Smith is better than a lot of people at 100%. So it's going to take him a handful of games to get ready.
2: And I know there will be those questions about the chemistry, you know, and because and, and, this team right now is playing with some chemistry, playing for each other and accepting roles and all of those sort of things that basically are leading to wins, and sometimes wins help chemistry form. But you can also go back, Matt, to the idea that game respects game. And if you like nobody, nobody on that roster and I would assume the same thing with the fans and maybe I might have questioned a little bit yesterday, but talent stands for itself, doesn't it? The ability to get the ball in the hole. We all know for who the self.
0: Every, everybody up there knows when healthy who the best player on the team is. That I don't think that, and and I think he carries himself the right way too. Being around the team on the home games and and trying to be, he's still a team player in the huddles and doing all that stuff. Uh, but but yes, he he is our best player when healthy.
2: Well, it, it's kind of fascinating because. You know, the the basketball, the men's basketball team right now is on a run with five consecutive league games played, uh, league games won, and. Uh, uh, and and you know, I mean, you can't help but start dreaming of another run into the tournament, uh, just like the last couple what? of years, because they were playing really well early February last year, playing really well in early February a couple of years ago. The difference is they weren't adding a player, like I mean, a guy that was really supposed to be a major portion of the rotation at either point of those two years. During the month of February, and even if they were going to, neither of those, none of those players had the same, you know, capabilities as Nick Smith Jr. So you can kind of almost like let your imagination run wild here if you if you allow it to.
0: Well, you hope he's healthy. Uh, you you know, late in the seasons, the game come the games come quick and faster. You you don't get three days off. Now you'll get some days off if you make it to the Sweet Sixteen. You know, you're gonna play a game, take a day off. So you wonder how his knee's gonna hold up. That way. But what it does, Devo AB, Council, and Nick Smith are your four guards. Jordan Walsh is now permanent for the rest of this season, would be of the four. And so that's exactly, I mean, you're just adding another body to take minutes there, and and hopefully uh, they're able to stay healthy. And and I don't know. I mean, it's Phil. It's a lot easier to add the best player on your team back into the mix instead of adding adding a role player, even if his role is different. I think his role might be a little different to start on than what it was supposed to be two months ago. I think he's got to kind of come in and feel himself out and just be part of it, be a piece of the puzzle. Don't try to be the main guy right away. Play within your yeah. abilities. And I think he Nick Smith's a great passer. The the Phil the thing that really is good is defense. That's the thing. His guy, the defense is gonna has to be there. He can't get caught ball watching. And the thing that you, you help get by defense is playing and playing the game. And so he he'll probably slack there a little bit, but he's talented enough that uh, he should pick it up. And I I think after four games, five games, man, he should be he should be full go.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe I'm putting it in the incorrect way. Of the players have to be able, you know, the guys who've been on the team who have been. You know, playing for these last seven weeks that they've got to adjust to a new guy who's incredibly talented getting back into the rotation. Maybe it's the other way around.
0: He has to adjust to them. Yes, sir. He's the best player. He should be able to do that. It should be easy for him to do as far as getting yourself in shape and doing all the right things, but he's talented. And who wouldn't want to play, Phil? Like, after you saw your brothers, your your teammates go up to Rupp Arena and just smash. Kentucky didn't have... There, it was one of the coolest games this year, best win, because not there wasn't one time you thought, "Man, we're going to lose this game." I mean, it was just uh, from from start to finish. How fun is that? That atmosphere. You know, that's got to get his juices going as a competitor. You want to go out there with your brothers.
2: Well, you knew Bud Walton Arena already was going to be sold out and just in a complete frenzy Saturday after the win against Kentucky. Now it's even going to be more so. Uh, nail the roof down a little bit, uh, a little bit tighter uh, for this next one against Mississippi State. Okay, so on this Thursday on Halftime, Clay Henry joins us for a couple of hours starting at noon. Uh, We have lots of time for calls and texts. In fact, the text line just is blowing up about Nick Smith Jr. Bob Holt coming up in a moment. Bet Online remains
3: your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to eSports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code believe to receive your rewards that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts Stop by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith at 9390 Rogers Avenue and check out their full selection of Tommy Bahama Spirits. Get whisked away to Island Paradise with excellence you can taste. Eastside Liquor carries Tommy Bahama Island Gin, Rye Whiskey, Bourbon Whiskey, Rum, and Tommy Bahama Vodkas, Mango, Cucumber, and Neutral. Get by Eastside Liquor today and try the multiple award-winning Tommy Bahama Spirits. Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and pick up a bottle of the delicious 291 Colorado Bourbon and Rye. Also available, high noon tailgate packs are in stock, so swing by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith for all your game day needs
2: at Eastside Liquor. Now, back to the podcast. Bob, good to talk to you today, man. How you doing? What's new?
4: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: Doing all right, doing all right. I have to tell you, I enjoyed your uh, your horse racing banter uh, with Moss yesterday on the uh, on the Zoom press conference. Uh, he hey, he told he told you you know more horse racing than he does. But uh, you guys went back and forth with that for which was the uh, which was the the uh, the horse track that's uh, that's a uh, surf to turf that you that you brought up to him.
4: Oh, that's, that 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 that's Delmar. Uh you know, near San Diego and La Jolla. It's called where the surf meets the turf. Cause it's right there on the ocean. I mean, it's not like, you know, on the beach, but, um, but yeah, so I think it opened in the forties. Ben Crosby actually, I think was one of the original owners and yeah, I was out there one time. I'm not, but let me clarify. I'm not some big horse expert or anything. I'm probably just like a lot of other people. I I think it's fun to go to the races and, um, you know, that little money and just have some fun that, Unfortunately, I haven't been to Oakland in forever because it's, it's during, you know, the busy season here. But, yeah, I've been lucky I've been to Churchill. I've never, never been to the Kentucky Derby, but, but I've been to Churchill Downs and visited Keeneland. And um, Arlington was a great old racetrack outside Chicago that I think is closed now, unfortunately. And, is Keeneland yeah,
0: where, where they have the Kentucky Oats? That's
4: right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. It, it has a very, It has a very small season and I've never been to the races there, but I just visited there when I was in Lexington, and its I think they still don't have a PA system. It's kind of like if you went to the races in 1900 or something, and they have the big uh, sales there, you know, that all the you know, people come in from all over to for their sales, and I was, you know, Phil, so I remember the first couple times I went to the Kentucky Derby, they used to have media day at, at Exarbon, which was the racetrack at Omaha that closed, and Exarbon is Nebraska spelled backwards. <laughs> that's what they called the race right. track up there in Omaha. Yeah. And, whole uh,
2: neighborhood there in Omaha that's called exarban
4: Yeah. So yeah, I've been lucky enough to go to some tracks and stuff, but yeah, it was fun, uh, to talk with Eric about that. obviously you have the horse racing theme and just the way that they got out and raced, so to speak, uh, in rough Arena, you know, the fast break points and getting up and down and scoring the, I was curious. I went back and looked back through the, the, the uh, game schedule. That was the most points the uh, visiting team had scored there at Rupp since uh, UCLA beat them. I think it was 97 92 back in the 2016 17 season. So, you know, Kentucky usually known for playing pretty good defense, and they re- really couldn't handle Arkansas. I didn't I'm think surprised. athletically. Do you. Use it? Bob-
0: Bob, do you think it's a little bit because the refs let them play? I, I think that's the, one of the advantages Arkansas has going forward. If the refs let them play and be a little physical, it seems like it's advantage Arkansas.
4: Yeah, I think that that first half especially was very entertaining, and you know, they already set it up uh, taking 20-something free throws, which is okay, but yeah, some of those games, like obviously the game in Columbia, it was the Missouri, they're going to Columbia, Missouri, not Columbia, South Carolina, got really crazy with with foul calls. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you got two big physical teams and, you know, you don't want to let a guy take somebody's head off or something. But, yeah, let, let, let them play a little bit. Don't call it touch fouls. Um, I don't know if Arkansas is playing a little differently or the rest are calling it differently. I don't think Arkansas changed its style a lot. But, yeah, I think that was a really entertaining game. Certainly, for Arkansas, fans, it was more entertaining than for Kentucky fans. But I hear you're just a basketball fan. That was a fun game to watch. And then, obviously, Arkansas took control there, um, you know, early in the second half. And really, the but, but Kentucky fought back. I mean, got back within four, and then Arkansas extended the lead again. But I thought it was a real, really entertaining game. Obviously, it was a great showcase game for Arkansas. And, his pen and, the, and the you know, the, the prime time slot.
2: And I wonder about, uh, about Saturday, Mississippi State. That's also a physical team that, you know, forced you to muck it up a little bit. So how that game is called is certainly going to be tantamount as well because it could end up being one of those games with you know like 50 fouls or something like that but you got to talk about nick smith here because that was the big news yesterday coming from musa zoom um you know and then on the instagram live yesterday uh nick and makai mitchell are saying he's gonna play saturday so i don't think Mus confirmed anything about when he's gonna play it was just in the near future uh, and it sounds like saturday is gonna be the day but um we won't get confirmation from muss until maybe saturday
4: yeah, I'll do respect to Nick and, McC- and they, they don't get to decide what he plays, but yeah, certainly Eric was more forthcoming about that, and there, there'd there been some hints about that, the ESPN guys, so obviously they, they meet with the coaching staff and the players. <clears throat> you know, J- Jimmy Dykes and Carl Ravish, they talked about how they thought that was going to be sooner rather than later. So yeah, it's certainly, based on what, what the information coming out now, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if he played Saturday, and you think if they're going to bring him back, it, you know they'd prefer to do it in a in a home game, be a little bit easier. But I, I hope people, you know, remember when he came back. This is going to be a second comeback, whether he comes back Saturday or Tuesday or whatever. Um, and the first time he came back, he played six minutes. So I, I don't know. I'm sure Eric, if he's going to play Saturday, Eric and the train staff and Nick have worked out, you know, something where he's going to, you know, be on a limited minutes and um, you know, I wouldn't think he would start, you know, you'd kind of, working back in here and there, and um, is it better if he plays, you know, 10 minutes all at once, or is, he, if it, is it better if he plays five here and five there? I mean, I, I don't know, and you also have to remember when he came back the first time, they're playing non-conference games, now they're playing conference games, and, you know, they, they need to keep winning and secure their spot in the NCAA tournament, and, you know, hopefully the, for them, you know, they, they, they get a better seed. But, yeah, I mean, Nick Smith's and elite talent, and um, it's, it's sort of like the Suns adding Kevin Durant or something, you know. <laughs> Except Kevin Durant. Well, I guess Kevin Durant is coming off an injury, isn't he? So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like getting a player to blockbuster trade, but I hope people remember he hadn't played in a couple months. He's going to need to, you know, knock some rust off. He's going to need to get some conditioning back. They're going to need to figure out the best way to, uh, reintegrate him into the, into the rotation so there, there, there's a lot of moving parts to this but certainly it's great news for Arkansas and for Nick Smith you know when he come, when he can, can come back and play.
0: Bob, you, you bring up a great point right there, and and you know he's coming off an injury, and, and and I know it's knee management. I don't know how how serious it is, but you want to keep him healthy. And in my experience, Bob, I did this twice, going from football season to basketball season, and it takes you two weeks, man. It just takes you a couple weeks if you're not playing to get into shape. And so I could see him kind of building like that, getting. 15 20 minutes in the first game and then you know by about four games he should be he should be ready to go but we you got to kind of realize getting him into, into shape and then you can't hurt his knee you don't want him to have any setback there
4: right and it's already sort of been um, and we don't exactly know what what's been going on with this but but I think this may be going as far back as August in Europe he tweaked his knee a little bit there if you remember um you know he came out of one of those I think the last game in in Europe and then um, he played the exhibition games. Then he didn't play the first six games. Then he played five. Now he's missed, I think it is 13. So it's kind of been one step forward, two steps back, one step forward. And, and hopefully this time, you know, the knee's good and he, he you know, there, there won't be an aggravation situation where he has to come out again. But, but yeah, I think they just have to be really careful. And I'm sure they will be. And, and this guy's got a, an NBA future to think about, too. And I don't think he'd be. Coming back and playing, if, if there was any feeling that that was going to jeopardize that. So, um, and uh, also, I think, you, you know, you got through that they're playing well. Obviously, Nick, I, I don't buy this. Oh, well, you know, you don't want to play Nick Smith to break up the chemistry. No, you want to play Nick Smith. He's really, really good. But, um, you, you know, you, you look at all the minutes that, that Devo and Anthony Black and and Ricky Council been playing. They played forty minutes in South Carolina. Each of them did. They played heavy minutes at Kentucky. I think it would really help if you can get Nick Smith in there. And then you got those four guys kind of dividing up minutes. And and but you know you still want you know Anthony Black to play a lot of minutes, but maybe not have to play forty or thirty nine. And, and he's he's been banged up too. And you know Ricky Council's back. Eric mentioned the other night that there were some of the huddles he couldn't sit down to his back you know was stiffening up on him. So. Yeah, it's late in the year; these guys have played a lot of minutes, so getting a fresh one thing is Nick should be fresh. You know, he, like you say, he needs to get his his, his conditioning back. Um, but, but but you're getting a fresh guy who ought to be you know ultra hungry. I'm sure watching all these big wins, you know, he wants to be a part of that and help him with an NC tournament run here and everything. And so, I think it could be a really good situation for these guys. Obviously.
2: Well this team needed somebody to emerge too and and Mikkel Mitchell has emerged in this last 5 6 uh, game stretch. Even even well it seems like he's not, you know, 100% dealing with a knee, but I mean it was a real surprise and I think any game he scores double figures feels like a surprise. Much in the same way that it felt like a surprise when Trey Wade dropped 20 in a couple of games last year including in the tournament. But um you know I mean Nick get, Nick Smith Jr. is one thing, you know and 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 he's incredibly talented and and, and all of that but you need you need some size, you need some toughness, you need guys who play hard in the paint. And Mikel Mitchell, I mean, like this, his emergence right now feels as big as as, as big anything time. else going on yes. with this team right now. I agree
0: with you.
4: Oh yeah, and it's, uh, we think it's his foot. Uh, Eric keeps calling on an ankle, but actually, uh, Scotty Bortland asked uh, Mikel the other day that it's his foot that I guess he hurt against. I think he heard against Ole Miss, or maybe it was against LSU. I think it was against Ole Miss. And he missed LSU. He's back for Baylor, but yeah, he's the, the twins have really been big. And you know, Makai was playing more earlier. McKell's been playing more late. They've been starting, but yeah, you think about McKell's defense first and foremost. He you had know, the five block shots and really, really altered a lot of Kentucky. You know, blocked five shots, altered some others. Had seven block shots against A and M, I think it was on him and uh, Mackay's birthday. They, they had a fun time, but yeah, scored fifteen points. Um, you know, he's a skilled big man. Makai, I mean, they they can get the ball and they can finish. And, you know, they got some really good uh, assists uh, from, from the guards, you know, Anthony Black and Devo and maybe Ricky Hadwin in there, too. And But, yeah, his emergence has been big. They give, you know, two big bodies. And you got Kamani Johnson off the bench. You can bring him in. You know, Jalen Graham, he, he's more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy. But he, he can block some shots and do some things in there, too. So that was really big on, you think about Oscar Shibway, 30 points and 18 boards last year in Walton Arena. The other night, 7-7. Seven and seven. And um, they really walled him up pretty good. Now, it'll be interesting to see you know, what happens in, in, in uh, Walton Arena when these teams play the season, regular season finale, uh, March 4th, I think it is. But, um, yeah, the, 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 they're getting big contributions. I mean, five guys in double figures the other night. Anthony Black, I thought he was the best player on the court, but they certainly had a lot more going for him than him, you know, Ricky Campbell scoring well again, Devo, you know, played well on both ends, the, the Mitchell twins were big, you know, Jordan Walsh, man, 13 points off the bench, he's really playing well right now, so, and then you'll see, you add Nick Smith in the mix, and, you know, you feel like Arkansas, you know, they're, they're playing well at the right time, and they're, they're, they're getting a great boost, when if Nick Smith can play Saturday or Tuesday or whatever, um, i just like to say, I hope people keep in mind that he's coming back you know from almost 2 months away from the games not playing games and practice is not the same as games as Matt pointed out and he obviously knows and so you I know, hope people be patient, not expect too much too soon. And, and also, you know, they don't want to push him too hard too early either.
0: Well, 80% of Nick Smith is still a lot better than I ever was. So, he'll, he'll, he'll be okay. But, yeah, it just takes a couple weeks. It just takes a couple weeks to, to get going. Bob, I was – the Mitchell twins have been the bit the best surprise or the best thing going, I think, in the last couple weeks, how they've been playing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need them going forward, but Ricky Councilman, he made that 20 look really easy against Kentucky. I mean, really
4: easy. Yeah, it's hard to believe Steve DeLayman was sore back because he sure doesn't look like it. But, um, yeah, he, he had a little bit of a lull there. He had a, a game where he scored two points and and only played about 18. And, and it was, I think Eric wanted to rebound more and stuff. But he's responded really well with some good scoring games. He had a game where I think he had seven assists. So, I mean, when you think of Ricky, you think about scoring, you think about, you know, some threes, some some spectacular dunks. But he's doing other things. You know, he's getting boards, he's getting assists. I think he's playing a you know, pretty solid defense. You know, with a 6'6 guy, he's got good wingspan out there. So, um yeah, I, th- I think Ricky hit a little bit of a lull, but he's back playing really well, the, the, the back of side. and um, they're, they're, they just, You just feel like those three guards right now, Devo, Ricky, and, uh, and Anthony Blackman, you had Nick Smith to that mix. I mean, does anybody have four guards I like
0: that it. Oh, Bob, I like it.
4: Well, I mean, that, 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 that's impressive. And, and, you know, like I said, it's like to need Nick to come in and play 35 minutes and score 20 points. Just you know, get him in there, get his feet wet, you know, get some confidence back. As good as he is, he probably still has to, you know, regain some confidence in, in that knee and playing again. I remember when, when he came back and he, you know, the three games where he really played a lot of minutes, he averaged just under 20 points. So he was playing real well. But I remember we talked to him on a Zoom, and he talked about how he was still kind of trying to get his legs back under him. Like what you were saying, it takes a couple weeks to get your conditioning back. So I think it's nice that, that Nick doesn't need to come in and save the season, but he can just come in and, and just be a really you know great addition to the team and kind of ease his way back Oh, it eases, right? he work his way back in. And then what you're hoping is by the time, you know, late February and March hits that they're they're really clicking on
2: off cylinders. Bob, I like how you're putting that man. Um, sounds a little bit like a baseball manager trying to play some small ball. Get him on, get him over, get him in. That's what Nick Smith Jr. will be on Saturday. Get him on the court, move him around a little bit, get him back into the bench, and then worry that, about the next game.
0: That we get him healthy, feel those final three games: Tennessee, Alabama, and Kentucky. Oh,
2: yeah. Bob, we'll let you go. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Okay, you guys, take care. Good, good talking with you. Thanks, Bob. You got it. Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Yeah, I mean, you can't imagine him playing all that much if he does play Saturday, but if, just get on the court. 10, 12, that kind the speed of,
0: of the game, yeah, 10, 12 minutes.
2: Reintroduce yourself to the speed of the game.
3: Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith has Whip Shots. Whip Shots from Cardi B is vodka-infused whipped cream in flavors like vanilla, caramel, mocha, and peppermint. With 10% alcohol content, these whipped cream shots will make any night a celebration. And they're great on pumpkin pie. Stop by Eastside Liquor today and pick up a can of Whip Shots at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast.
2: You know, As uh, we got on the airplane yesterday to head to Nashville with the women's basketball team, every last one of us was handed a care package uh, in a uh, beautiful little lavender net-like bag. This care package has uh, pillow lavender mist to spray on your pillow, uh, hand cream for post-game because we all know what it's like to play basketball and then not have hand cream, uh, a blow pop, uh, some mint tea, and... Um, a little saying on it. I've never gotten hand cream for a baseball road trip. And I think I'm going to have to put in a request with uh, Dave Van Horn at some point soon. Woods has given us a call. You can do the same at 877 377 seven sixty6963 Woods, have you ever, I know you've been on baseball road trips. They ever hook you up with some hand cream for post game. Cause we got it for basketball. I don't today. think I ever
1: got hand cream. No, sir. That, that would have uh, been
2: awkward. Got, I'll, I'll probably have some leftover because I don't think I can use all this hand cream in one post-game
1: scrum. Hey, no, I'm, I'm just calling in because I'm so excited. We're one week to go for for baseball, and I know you're excited. Um,
2: Got that right. We're and I just away. had to
1: call in with my uh, my superstition, um, which was... Don't I had tell to me you watch- only have one. Woods, you're a baseball well, no, I'm trying I to had, convince me you least- one superstition. Come on. I had two and if a baseball player tells you they don't have one, they're lying. <laughs> Pretty you know? much. Pretty much. So, um, mine was that I had to watch the natural the the night before opening day. And I still do it to this day. Um my favorite So you watch it next uh, Thursday. You'll you watch, you'll watch yes, the natural I next will.
2: Thursday. I
1: will. I will.
2: Um, and then my I mean, left. I make the baseball other movies was, better than the natural, Woods. I'm not look, I huh? can watch the natural, but it's not it's not it's not on my list of favorite baseball movies.
1: Oh, it's my favorite. Um hey, To each his, my to my each his was, or her own. Yeah. But my other one was putting my left sock on first. I don't know why. Ooh. It's just what I did. Woods, me too. I'm a
0: left sock first guy. I like it, Woods. I knew I liked you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, and you know what? the The funny thing is, Matt, is I'm ambidextrous, so I can throw with my left and right hand. Oh, sick! Um, so it, it, Woods, I saw I Mississippi State
2: has Woods. Mississippi State has a pitcher that's left. Yeah, and right. I saw that. Have you seen that? I'm like, I'm I have. By this. I'm
1: I'm ready to watch him. That's cool.
2: I've I've never seen anybody do it in a game. Um, I think the last guy to do it in the majors might have been uh, Greg Maddox's brother.
1: Uh, well, there was a, there was so a Creighton rare. pitcher. There was a Creighton pitcher back in the day, like probably mid two thousands, that threw with both hands. He had a he had a six finger glove, and he threw with both hands.
2: Well, Antonio Alfonseca had a 6 finger glove, but that's because he had six fingers on that hand, so that was a little
1: <laughs> bit different. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Um, I'll just say this. I heard that Jackson Wiggins has an injury, and I don't know what you guys know about it. I just had a friend tell me about it. Um, oh, I not heard I, anything I, that, about that. that. Yeah, it's a little... I don't think he's starting this weekend, so that's a little concerning, because he's you know he's got a super arm. So, um,
2: well, in all honesty, Woods, that's the first I've heard of it. So, um, I hope I hope it's just a rumor and nothing true. Uh, yeah, you I, I do too. Because that occurred before the season last year for the Razorbacks, and it took a little bit of time for them to figure out what the starting rotation should be like and really for pitchers to fall into those roles uh, after Paulette, you know, uh, was forced to miss the set.
1: Right. I know I know McIntyre and Smith should probably be in there, but I was hoping Wiggins would be a big uh, contributor this year, um, given that he's been working on a three-pitch mix. So.
2: Well, Woods, even if, he is, even if there is an injury, and we, you know, we, we wouldn't know by now or anything, you know, any sort of severity, um, hopefully if, it is, if there is something, it's, it's something that you can uh, just sort of rest and, and, and wait a little bit. And one of the other aspects, like if there is something going on with Jackson, it's a pitching staff that's got enough depth to weather uh, an injury from one of the guys that quite honestly could be one of their bell cows, to borrow the term that Chuck Barrett brought up with us yesterday. Woods, appreciate the phone call, man, and um, we'll be talking a lot more baseball uh, really soon. Thank you so much. I'm also somebody, uh, Matt, who puts on his socks one at a time. I don't know about you, but that's the way I like to do it. If it's left or if it's right, I go one at a time.
0: and, And I'm not even wearing socks today, so, yeah.
1: Wow! Then there, but be a left game day, game,
0: game day, Phil. It was uh, left. Like if it, when it's game day, you know I'm a little stitches. But you have a couple things, about seven things you check off that you're kind of doing. You try to do, and, and we talked about that with Coach Neighbors a little bit, like how he kind of does the same, has the same process. I think every athlete does. You kind of have have a routine. I'm a creature of habit. I mean, even to you know, it's like a, it's just it's just what you are when you're an athlete.
2: Whatever you got to do to make yourself comfortable is the way I look at it. Not um, always superstitions it's just a matter of what it is that makes you comfortable. It's like Crash Davis said, you know, if you are if you're if you're getting base hits because you're wearing women's underwear then you are.
0: What did Derek it's Jeter all- J- Jason Giambi had the golden thong for him and he <laughs> said, "Man, I was going there" and he said, "I was going through this streak" and he he would point it to his hanging up in his locker and every day he'd walk in, he'd just point to it, point to it <laughs> and then finally he did it and started started getting the base hits again.
2: Just the thought that Derek Jeter needed a golden thong. <laughs> Is uh, definitely some something, something to end a segment on.
0: Well, we know Jason Giambi has it. That we, we, we knew we knew who was the owner of it. Yeah. Uh,
2: John Cruck's birthday is today. I'm gonna guarantee you, John Cruck probably wore women's underwear. Oh, during a, a during bats. a
0: slump. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
2: Yeah. I would imagine Cruck um, had a had a had a you know his own basically like a whole drawer it's set up the, for special underwear for breaking slumps. It's called
0: a bro. man. <laughs>
2: that's right it's a bro but it's something else
0: back's been hurt my man i have back problems
2: now i don't want to bury the lead there too but i mean just had a caller say a friend of him friend of his said that jackson wiggins has an injury so i i can't confirm anything about that yet but that is one one thing that made me stand up and take notice wrapping up our number one of halftime right after this
3: Eastside Liquor has more than just liquor. They also have wellness products and now carry Marley CBD gummies. They come in amazing flavors like Island Punch and Coconut Vanilla. They come in 200 milligram tin packs. So stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up today. Now, back to the podcast.
2: All right, it is a Thursday. It's been uh, It's been like a week since we were able to talk to this dude because he's been out fishing in very cold waters and he did quite well while he was gone clay henry's with us today hi clay we missed you good
5: well i'm glad to be missed i missed you guys and uh listen to you you know like uh during lunch break sometimes we were in our vehicles so might take in a little bit of y'all but more often than not i was uh like 6:20 on the way to the river Listen to, to Tommy and Ty and, and maybe Chuck. and Although Chuck doesn't usually do that early. So <laughs> he's got that where he did not have to be on that early, early part of the show. So, but yeah, and it was always like 33, 34 degrees when we started. And some of those days it warmed up. Yesterday it did not warm up and it rained. So. And you better have really good gear and lots of layers un- underneath the really good gear
2: got to make sure you have good waders right because you're in you're well no we're in ones. boats okay so
5: what you do is you've got Gore-Tex bibs you know kind of like overalls and you have a really good rain at with a hood that you layer on top of that and then you've got all kinds of fleece and stuff and then you wear muck boots because the boat you know the bottom of the boat the floor fills up with rain so you better have something you know more than just regular shoes, but not, you know, a couple of guys did wear their, their waders because they didn't have good good bibs, um, and then the, the really cold part is, you know, you drift down in the boat, you know, maybe a mile, and then they turn on those 40-horse jets the guy does, and he runs back to the, you know, kind of like where he wants to start again, and during that point, you better turn around in your seat where you're facing backwards because the, the rain hitting you in the face as you're going, you know, at high speed in those those jet boats is 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 just really brutal. But I loved every second of it.
2: Well, we were talking some superstitions in the last hour. We had a call since it's 8 days from the start of baseball season and baseball is probably the most of the superstitious of the team sports. What about fishing? Cuz there's some correlation oh, between fishing oh, it's and not, baseball. yeah.
5: Yeah, like you know, if something's not going good, you turn your hat a little bit different. You know, like, you don't, I don't think you turn it backwards too often. That's not something that's, that's not a look that. Now, if when you're flying up the river in a boat, you might turn your hat backwards so it doesn't blow off. Um, but I've got special colors that I think I should wear, and I feel for, uh, you know, I've got my favorite shirt that might bring me luck. Um, and I might do a certain thing when I'm trying to fly that maybe doesn't really make any sense. But I said, that's that's my touch and that's my superstition. But I'll tell you, uh, not change away from fishing too much. I know you all are just loving to get my fishing stories. Um, but golfers, it is, they're insanely yeah. superstitious. I mean... You know the golfers all mark their balls so that you know it's one titleist one doesn't look the same as another titleist one, and they draw stuff. They they might write their wife's name on the ball with a magic marker. They might draw a little picture. Uh, they might draw draw tiger stripes on it if they're an LSU person. You know it, it's it's all. If you get really close up, some of these balls are just crazy what they do. Then of course you know Tiger Woods is going to wear red. You know, he's going to wear a red polo shirt on Sunday. I mean, that's just Tiger red shirt, black pants, and you know, you have a hot round, and you know, okay, well, I wore this. Well, then I am going to wear that forever, but it, it didn't have anything to do with why you had a hot round.
2: Well, let me ask. Jerry player Slims here
5: dressed in solid black.
2: Let me ask Slims here for a moment, because uh, you are a golfer, Matt, and I also learned yesterday when I did the show in the studio with you that you might actually put the name Slims. I had these. Some uh, of your things that. Might oh, yeah, look like yeah. Somebody else's things, too. Do you put slims on your golf ball?
0: So, when I was in Jacksonville and I had the hookup, I, I would get the Titleist Pro V1X's five, six, sevens, and eights. You know, you get the one, two, yep, three, you fours. You pick your package. And yeah. I would put slims on the side of it to, for the engraving. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Now, I don't. That's, that's the extra. You know, I don't have the hookup like that anymore.
5: Yeah. No. So, but, Matt, this is one thing that I was taught by my uncle, who's my mentor, Uncle Bill who is a club pro at, at Riverdale. He says, run from those packages with five, six, seven, and 8s.
0: Yep, yep. That's
5: your enemy on the golf That's course. That's what you don't want. But see, that I, I was reverse psychology. I would play bring, with 2s and 3s. No, man. Why? What's, five, six, what's so, wrong with the higher You don't number? want an 8. Well, you might make a 6. Yeah, you might make yeah. a 7.
2: Oh, you don't want the number on the golf ball to match your score f- on the hole. A five's
5: only good on
0: one hole, and that's a par five. You don't want a five on – yeah, that's uh, – and you don't want an eight on any of the holes. And
5: that's the snowman. Yeah, yeah you don't want a there's snowman. There's a
0: golf hat, the sickest golf hat I ever saw, and it's a snowman logo on it. And I thought I was going to get it, but there's a lot of golfers that won't. They don't want you to have it. I thought it was so cool, though, yeah.
5: Yeah, they, and say you're playing golf and, you know, you're in you're a tournament, your partner – and you get in the golf cart, and you got that snowman hat on there. He's like, man, man. They don't lie. It's bad vibes. Hey, yeah. Hey, the, the, the golf, I mean, the fishing guides, they say, do not bring a banana in my boat.
2: <laughs> we got a text in from Clay here that says, Clay and Rogers says, never catch a fish on the first cast of the day. And then he says, never have a banana in the boat. So he must be right about the first one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, sometimes I the, the
0: biggest fish clay that I've caught, and, and me and my pops used to to canoe the Lee, Lee Creek all the time. But when a little rainstorm would come in, it was always good fishing. When there was a little spr- sprinkling, yeah.
5: Yeah. I think when the barometer changes there's something, you know. And yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, I follow um, the moon trends, lo- lo- lunar tables. That they they mean something. They mean something in hunting too. And it's not superstition. It's barometric pressure, the moon. The, the tide, all of that stuff is. Oh, you mean science?
1: There's science, a science, which, yeah. The way the There wind
5: is no blowing. such thing as yeah. a
2: science that goes along with superstition. These things don't necessarily uh, work in tandem. But my whole thing, you know, I argue about the whole idea of the announcer jinx and everything. You don't. This is where the superstition comes into this. You don't tell an athlete of any sort of a streak that he or she is on. You don't tell them what they're hitting. You don't mention a winning streak to a coach. You know, it's like you don't let the performers know the kind of streak that they're on. You let the listeners know. That's different. Like, if if you got a no-hitter going in the seventh inning, and I happen to take a megaphone and put it out the window of the booth and scream as loud as I can so that the pitcher hears it, Hey, you haven't allowed a base hit yet. Like then you could put me on blast. Until I it's do a, that though It's like a quarterback
0: Phil, you're so right. It's like a quarterback starting out completing his first ten passes. Nobody goes over there and says you hadn't thrown an incompletion yet, you know? Yeah.
2: But Jim Nance is gonna tell you that he did that on the CBS telecast <laughs> As long as he's not at, as long as they're not listening to the telecast on the field, which I hope they've got some other things to do. Well, this this always generates some conversations. We got a couple of callers on hold here 877-377-6963. Jesse's in Springdale, and he wanted to talk basketball. Jesse, you're on the air. Thanks for calling. What's up?
6: Hey, how's it going?
2: It's great. It's a great day.
6: Yeah, I. Uh... Obviously, watched the Kentucky game, which was nice to see. I I don't know. I couldn't help but thinking to myself that, like, it's really timely to get the run going now. I feel like maybe, and I don't know, it's just my guess, but I would assume that it would encourage Nick Smith maybe to come back more so for a chance at a run than if we were still in the slump.
2: Yeah, for him to feel
6: like yeah, As a competitor to play
0: for. as a competitor, you see that win, you see your brothers go and win and rub. How do you not want to come out and compete with them?
2: Yeah. But uh, and to feel, and, also, and to feel like you're coming back not just to play out the string. In that case, I mean there wouldn't really be a reason. He's a top ten to pick if he doesn't play. play
0: or not. So it, yep, you're I think
5: you're right. Yeah, and Major League Baseball when it you know, at the end of the year a guy's coming back from an injury and the team is you know, they're out of it. The you know, the Orioles are 40 games under, well, let's say this, the Pirates are 40 games under uh, 500 because right that yes. could happen again or it will happen again It will year. happen
2: again, yes. And
5: pitcher's coming back and he's got two weeks. He's like, well, we're going to get you back out there. No, just shut him down. Just shut him
2: yes. down. That's exactly right. Go ahead, Jesse. Also,
6: also I was going to say, I think it, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of crazy that, We have our worst performances earlier in the year and then turn it on towards the end of the year before the tournament, which is great. I mean, that's when you want to play your best basketball. Uh, I guess everybody was a little disappointed for a little while because there were such high expectations and we weren't dominating like people thought we would. But I don't know that that's ever going to happen under Musselman. I mean... It's likely that with such a high turnover every year in the roster from guys going pro or transfers only have one or two years of eligibility, it's just always going to be a finding the chemistry process through the first half
2: of the season. Well, I mean, you have the track record already of these last three years where it's been exactly you know the same. I mean, literally, yeah, it's been this year, exactly the same. Phil,
5: this year was a little different because you know you lost Brazil and Nick. So I mean, I think when I the team I saw in, in Maui's right there, yeah, yeah, and the team I saw against Oklahoma which turned out to be a really good team. They were coming along, and then you, then you had to kind of you had to reconfigure, reinvent yourself when you lost those two guys. And and must talked about it. he says, I mean, we our offense was built to be this, and this guy handling the ball. Now we're now, okay. We have got to resort things, and I think there was a little while they thought. You know, Anthony Black was the best point guard, and they thought Devo. and Then they realized, well, we're going to have to have them both. You know, change and you know from from set to set, what's better. And so the coach got to figure all that out, and so do the players and adjust to roles. But but I think that they might have been a little further along in January, and then you have to look each year. What's that schedule? What's what did they hand you to start the year? Well, it's four of six on the road. Well, that's that's not a good start. I mean, that that's that's a you know the schedule match- makers set you up for failure right there.
2: It's just that this is the same team that l- there's the only team to lose to LSU in the SEC, and the same group of players that got blown out in the second half at Vanderbilt, and that yes, was no less kidding. than a month ago. It's the same group, and they've turned they have totally turned things around um, in these last six games. But you're right; there is a different a- a different aspect to it. Somebody pointed out earlier about. Uh, three years ago, you had Isaiah Joe, had a little bit of a knee thing happen. But he'd been playing a lot before that and, and then came back and played in, uh, in, in, in February. And the other difference is that we, did, we never got a chance to see that team in the tournament because there wasn't a, an NCAA tournament that year. But uh, it's also true that last couple of years, he didn't really deal w- uh, w- with the injury bug very much. There was a bit of the knee with Justin Smith. Um. Um. But uh, that that was that was just a couple of weeks, Jesse. Appreciate the phone call. It's good to hear from you. Thank you. Charlie's called us too. Hey, Charlie, what's new?
4: You know, you know, I didn't even know Clay was on here. His greatness point, he just made, he literally stole my point. He's so good at what he does, and I'm gonna mess with him. He stole it. That's exactly what I was just fixing to say, Clay. <laughs> well, maybe year, it was really
2: obvious. Huh? Maybe
5: it was really want, obvious.
4: Yes, it, it's 100% obvious. I think and somebody had to say it. I think it's... Um, you guys are right. It, it, it was such a different year. You could honestly argue that what this team has done in the last five games, SEC games, they, this is unbelievable. There are a lot of teams, guys, and must even said it. Let's be real. You take two great players from other teams, two of their best players, you think they're... Doing as good as we are. I mean, I'll be real with y'all. I mean, there's not many people going into Kentucky and beating them the way we did the other night. I don't care if you're at full strength. Nonetheless, two of your better players that you had projected, you know, to contribute to your team. So, I, I, I personally think that this team is kind of, and we wouldn't have said this a month ago, but kind of over-exceeded in a sense. And now to have Nick come back, and I, and I know you're going to hate this, Bill, because... And and Clay too, because Todd made a good point this morning. To Wait a me, he's not. Gonna Tom made a good point. It was a great it, point, Clay. I it happens when credit.
2: the tides are high.
4: Yeah, <laughs> the
5: the, the lunar <laughs> tables.
4: That's why I said it. The, 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 this is this was actually a really good point. He talked about Tommy uh, moving. You know, with chemistry, anytime you add anybody uh, that has a great talent, like you think about moving Clay to halftime or. Add Matt, who is unbelievable, and when we lost Drew. And, you know, anytime you add someone to a piece that, you just figure it out. And he's right about that. With Nick, I don't think he messes up the chemistry. If anything, this turns this team into, if he works out and stays healthy, they might be a Final Four national championship contender uh, compared to, you know, you don't know how far they could go without him. I think it just makes them better. Well, it's about also, country. Charlie, it's yeah. also
2: about accepting, like, where it is you fit into it. Like, if Matt Jones would have Absolutely. showed up and be like, you know what? I'm going to do 100% of the talking. It wouldn't quite have worked. But that's not his personality. It's the same with Klay. No. You know that's awesome. Let's just take a look and see, well, like, what would have been like if Nick Smith Jr. would have been healthy this year, would have been healthy for the full season? What sort of, What? how much would he have had to do with the team's success or lack thereof on February the 9th? He would have he would have been the dude on this team by now. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But now he's coming in where, I mean, I don't know what to, you know, the most important thing is for this team to continue playing at the level that they're playing. For Nick, I think he's also got to appreciate the thought that he needs to be worked back into the lineup in a patient way, and that he's got to be patient about this too. It's not you're not asking him to get out there and play. 25 to 30 minutes for the first couple, three, four games. Uh, it's getting it's getting used to playing live basketball again because I don't and, think he's done that in
0: quite a while. And, and I think, Phil and Clay, that it's the, it's going to start with the defensive end. You don't beat Kentucky and Rupp if you're not playing your butts off on defense. And that's what we did in that second half. We didn't have a lot of mental lapses. And so when he gets back on there, he can't ball watch on the defensive side and give up easy baskets because he can get it back on the offensive end. But that's where it's going to start with him. And the better he gets at defense, because he's a natural scorer. He can score it as soon as he walks in the floor. He can score. That's just what he can do. He's a willing pass. It's just going if he gets his defense going, man, look out.
5: Yeah, I think there's there's a flip side to it, and and I, I think that's that's a really strong state. This is a defensive coach, so he's got to do the things that they've all figured out, which is how they're going to play the the pick and roll and how they're going to play the ball screens, and that's that's kind of like the quarterback. Uh, Mesh in the option play. R, R, it's R being really R. delicate. Yeah.
0: That's true, Clay. And it's like being able to point out your hot, hot routes, too, as well as, like, hey, you got to yeah. run it at three yards to five yards with your receivers at the same point. Yeah.
5: Yeah. One of the things that I thought he would really help with, and just to, just think about this um, Arkansas is playing Baylor, and they've got two or three threats. So they put Devo on one guy and they shut him down when somebody else goes off. And so then they move Devo to that guy. Well, then the guy, suddenly he, he becomes hot. But what, what you have now is a guy that the other team has to game plan on defense, and it's like, okay, well, he's suddenly the best offensive threat on the team because he's he's a lottery pick and has skills with the ball, can shoot the mid-range, can shoot the three. He can, can score wherever, the rim. yes. So it's like, all right, we're going to have to take one of our best defenders and put him there. Well, Ricky Council has been getting the stud defender because he went off on some people early in the year. Well, there, you know, it's tougher an SEC play. You everybody wonder, well, how come Ricky's not going off anymore? He's getting the other team's best defender. He's getting Devo covering him. Well, they take that guy and they put it on. They put him on Nick, which they're likely to do. Ricky's going to go off. So that's that's the dynamics that are going to change.
0: The, the thing that that scares me I think the most and I do think it's awesome you know Nick Smith the thing that they can't ball watch and that's what this team wasn't doing so when Nick Smith gets the ball because he's gonna he's an ISO guy too a little bit that he you is. can't just stand around and watch and say Nick Smith is back let's stand it we still gotta run our offense because it, it won't it won't it won't function if we don't run our offense and move without the ball we can't just stand around and watch Nick Smith
2: Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. And Clay Henry with us up until the end of the show today. Woods earlier called us in hour number one and told us that a friend of him had informed him that Jackson Wiggins was dealing with an injury. Well, here it is. It's less than an hour later. And Kendall Rogers, uh, who does not tweet... Uh, lies, uh, tweets this news, tough news out of Fayetteville, Jackson Wiggins will miss the 2023 season, recently suffering a torn at UCL, will have Tommy John surgery, so uh, I will leave anything that Kendall Rogers tweets about college baseball, and so it seems that for the second year in a row, the theoretical friday night ace for arkansas won't even throw a pitch for them in the season last year it was peyton paulette and now jackson wiggins uh will apparently again not confirmed by uh, anybody connected to the arkansas baseball program but uh, kendall rogers is as good as it gets covering the sport so i'll believe what he says um Man, I mean, there's building. a lot of levels to this. A lot of levels yeah. to it, Clay. And the top of the list is this sucks for Jackson. Because this was a year yeah. that he was, I think he was going to take a giant step forward. And that would have done wonders for this team. Would have done wonders for him, you know, in the draft. Like, he's got he's got well, top ten stuff.
5: So, th- th- it's complicated. And so that the sad part, you know, like the Peyton Paulette deal, same similar deal. He still, because of the electricity and in, in what he showed, what, what um, Peyton showed prior to his injury, it was really a half a season of really magical stuff, um, just demonstrating that he knew how to pitch, not just throw. And uh, for Jackson, he did that enough this fall in front of scouts on a consistent basis and in front of uh, you know his pitching coach. He'll still be drafted because Tommy John surgery is not death like it used to be sometimes they come back with with more strength in their arm so but I guess what I'm going to try to get at is that we may not get to see him at his top form as an Arkansas pitcher because he'll he'll likely sign this summer
2: I think you're right Paulette would have been it, It'd be some healthy, money difference. Yeah, Paulette would have been a first-round draft choice, um, but he ended up going in the second round, which is a difference of a lot of money. I mean, you're talking millions yeah. of dollars there, and I think the same thing for Wiggins too. I and mean, it's pretty rare for a pitcher to get drafted in the first round while they're recovering from the Tommy John surgery. No. But he'll get drafted, and, if, and, and I would be surprised. Second-round money
5: you can't turn down. Because
2: mm-hmm.
5: man, he, he, I just. He doesn't know what he's going to be like when he comes back either, so the, the, they'll they'll speculate and say we'll we'll take a chance on the good Jackson, and he'll have to take it.
2: Yeah, it's. A, I mean, I'm. I'm just uh, now. Now, the other aspect to this is 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 what it does to the team. Last year, you didn't quite. You didn't have the depth of pitching that you had this year, and so. You know, it, it, it took a while to figure out what your starting rotation was going to look like uh, because Paulette was Pence, pen, put in Penn as the Friday night guy, you know. And, and, I mean, one of the main reasons Arkansas got to Omaha was because Connor Nolan turned into that Friday night ace. And then you had other pitchers emerge maybe a little bit earlier than they would have been expected to emerge. But I think this is the kind – look, I th- – I think Jackson Wiggins has the best stuff on the team. I mean, he's got the best velocity of 100 miles an hour, great change up, good breaking ball. I think he's got the best stuff on the team. But there's a lot of other arms on this team right now, Matt and Clay, that also have, I mean, wicked, ridiculous stuff. And what it does is it opens up an opportunity for somebody to – slide into that and I don't know if, if Jackson would have been the Friday or the Saturday starter I'm still going to hold firm that I believe Will McIntyre will start Sundays at least to begin the year um, but I mean Hagan Smith Brady Tiger, Hunter Holland uh, Adcock Cody Adcock um, I think these are pitchers that they get an opportunity now because uh, you know from everything we'd heard and what I'd seen from Wiggins in the couple of the games I saw him in the fall like, he probably would have been that Friday night guy I think this this year's team Clay probably can absorb that kind of an injury a little better than some of the other teams do. Not to say that this isn't like terrible for the team because you know Chuck was talking yesterday Clay about need you know one of the guys on this team could be a bell cow you know like a seven eight nine inning pitcher because they, they have that kind of dominant stuff. Yeah, I think he was really talking about Jackson Wiggins, um, and he won't be there this year.
5: Yeah, I, I might argue that. Tigerd has the most electric stuff. I mean, I, I, that's but that's a, it's a it's an argument. It's not a you know I'm right and you're right. You know I mean it's you, we can argue a little bit, but I but it's one of the electric arms that went down just like it was when Peyton Paulette went down. It's a blow, and you'll see you know kind of how it goes forward. Um, you know I I would say all right who's the you know this is a little kind of a little different team. I think in the past I could usually say this is the most valuable player. They can't afford to lose this guy. I'm not sure I would have said two weeks ago Jackson Wiggins is that guy. I, I would have said he might develop into that guy because we hadn't seen it really you know, on the stage yet. He wasn't that guy you know, the last two years. He was just, oh, that's fascinating stuff. Where is he going to get to? Well, it looked like he was finally getting there. But you still hadn't seen him go out there and do it for you know seven innings in an SEC you know weekend game. Um, Hagen Smith to me is the guy that I I would I mean I go back and forth between Hagen Smith and and Brady Taggart.
2: Well, again, this news just coming in from just coming in from Kendall Rogers that Jackson Wiggins um, is expected to miss the 2023 baseball season while he recovers from what will be Tommy John surgery, and that is two years in a row. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas.
3: Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and pick up a bottle of the delicious 291 Colorado Bourbon and Rye. Also available, high noon tailgate packs are in stock, so swing by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith for all your game day needs at Eastside Liquor. Now, back to the podcast.
2: So it's been an interesting day for conversation about Arkansas athletics. Uh, We talk about the re- the apparent return of Nick Smith Jr. to practice and maybe to Saturday's game against Mississippi State. So getting back a first round draft choice, hey. and now and now it's been confirmed by the athletic department. The press release just came out from Arkansas baseball about Jackson undergoing uh, Tommy John surgery. He had an MRI yesterday, and it was confirmed uh, that he tore his UCL. Uh, surgery date has not been set, but the head team physician for the Texas Rangers, uh, Dr. Keith Meister, will perform the surgery. So... One guy back on, one guy back to practice and another guy that's going to be more than a year until he throws the baseball again.
0: Well, we always thought, I always thought, Phil, I think you did too, that he was going to come back to practice as far as Nick Smith before he was going to play in a game. Do you think it matters, Phil or Clay, that if he comes back at a home game or in a road game, would you rather him come back in a road game where maybe there's not that much hype or when he comes back at a home game, how it's just going to be all crazy and expectations are going to be through the roof?
2: Hmm. I, I, I would. Lo- it's kind of fun to see him come back for a home game, I think. Well, and again, yeah, so I don't I think he's going to be out there for like 25 minutes or anything.
5: Yeah. Yeah, so the way I look at it, um, in his comeback, you'd like to program it for success. And there's, you well, there's get chances a win, for right? a home yeah. game. Well, there's a chance for a home game that you can get a lead at some point. And not that he would hurt your chances on the road, but let's program it for success and let's you know you, you I think most guys in basketball play better at home especially young guys so yeah i'd say a home game but that, you know when it's time it's time i i i want them whatever yeah,
0: yeah no 80% of nick smith is is better than a lot of people at 100% my my main thing is the games start coming quicker and faster and, and the pace and the intensity picks up as it gets later in the year so you you want to you know, if, if the whole thing is safety first with his knee, so you, you don't want to push him back too hard too fast.
2: We had a couple of the texters ask, is this a problem with the, you know, you know?" kind of asking, you know, do you blame the arm injuries on coaching? No, not at all. I don't. I think this is, a, I think this is something that young pitchers have been dealing with for the last 15, 20 years on a heavier basis than they ever did before. You know, it's 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 not it's not a problem just at Arkansas. This is a this is a thing that has happened across the landscape of youth baseball, because there's such a focus on velocity. Um, look, I mean, they work on mechanics that help the arm. They work on conditioning, but there's only so much you can do to strengthen a ligament when you're repeating a delivery that's going over 100 miles an hour. And I kind of wondered about this at times. You know, Peyton Paulette had not had the Tommy John injury before last year. Kent Jackson-Wiggins had not. And I don't know the percentage of talented young pitchers that end up with a torn UCL, but it happens all over the place. It seems the like minors, a rite
0: of passage almost. Like, they're they uh, going to have it.
2: Yeah, Unfortunately, it does have that feel to it. To the point, Matt, where I, I think this is... This happened a few years ago, and hopefully it isn't going on very much now. There were young pitchers in their teens that were just having the surgery without having the tear because they figured I was going to have to get this thing replaced at some point. Right. So, no, I, I, this, I don't think this has anything to do with, pitch, with, with, with coaching. I just think it has everything to do with um, the human body might not really have been designed to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour over and over and over and over again. But yet here we are. That's what they do, and
0: and I think too you, in high school, whoever your stud is is probably going to pitch a lot more. I mean that's that's just how it is. The, these co I don't know if they if they I, I'm not saying these coaches don't care about the kids, but it's man they're they're up there and then they're they're back uh, maybe on two days rest, three days rest, just like you. The best players play shortstop. The best players play certain positions, and, and you want your ace out there as much as you can. Yep.
2: Yeah. I think that's in the proper
0: mechanics, Phil. I told you uh, in in high school. I had a pitcher named David Watkins, a coach that played at the University of Arkansas, and he came down at Van Buren when ninth grade. That's the first time I learned proper pitch mechanics was in ninth grade. So I hope these kids are getting it sooner. Not that I didn't pitch or play baseball or whatever, and you had people coaching you, but I mean to actually have a teacher that had played at that level, because David Watkins had had pitched at the University of Arkansas, and then he was coaching in ninth grade. And so that's that's the most that's the first time I really learned what it was about becoming a pitcher.
2: Well. I'm just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bummed out about it. You know, for, I mean, we get on the show today, and I was actually going to start talking about how the baseball team every year has a pitcher take a giant leap forward. And that's one of the reasons why they end up in Omaha as often as they've been there the last few seasons. Whether it's been Blaine Knight taking a giant leap from 17 to 18. Casey Murphy took a giant leap that year, too. Um, Connor Nolan, I felt like, took a huge leap last year. Kevin Copps, obviously, did. They didn't make Omaha that year, but they were number one all season. Uh, Isaiah Campbell in 2019. I mean, he took a huge leap forward from 18 to 19. Jackson Wiggins, I thought, was going to take that leap forward. I thought he was going to take that leap forward, but it turns out he's not. Somebody else can take that leap forward, and you know who else he could be? Like you mentioned, Brady, Tiger, Clay, Hagan, Smith can take a big leap forward. Um, yeah, they
5: say his maturity is just off the charts. The way he works, the way he does things—it's just a. I think the natural progression between a, you know a freshman and a sophomore. And the best thing about a freshman is they become sophomores.
2: <laughs> That's exactly right. And then sophomores become juniors, and and hopefully they just get a little bit better every single year. Uh, yeah, I
5: keep I keep thinking that, that, that like Ty is going to go from his sophomore to his junior year, but I hadn't seen it.
2: <laughs> is he still a freshman? Think yeah, he's still, I don't know. You can't be a freshman after four years on the radio. No,
5: no I think he's a twelfth grader. <laughs>
2: Oh, we're going after him a little bit today here. You were on you this morning. And, that's
5: the only, and if I stop, that will really throw his game off. He I mean, moved
2: up on my eyes a little bit today because he had to do he had to do the show just he and Christian, just the two of you guys. Well no I was Tommy, on there. No Chuck. And well you were on for the last hour, but there were two hours before that you got on, right?
5: Yeah, it got worse the last hour.
2: <laughs> that's right. Uh I pulled him down. You did, didn't you?
3: Head to Twin Peaks and Rogers, your sports headquarters, where the 29-degree draft beer is flowing, the kitchen is bursting with made-from-scratch fan favorites, and the game is blasting from every angle. Stop in for the ultimate game day experience or visit them online at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com to order to-go or delivery and enjoy your Twin Peaks scratch favorites from home. More TVs, bigger screens, plus their scenic views. There's more to watch at Twin Peaks. Eastside Liquor has more than just liquor. They also have wellness products and now carry Marley CBD gummies. They come in amazing flavors like Island Punch and Coconut Vanilla. They come in 200-milligram tin packs so stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up today. Now, back to the podcast.
2: You might have seen where five Razorbacks have been invited to the NFL scouting combine. Um so uh, it's uh, good for them, certainly. Jaden Hazelwood, Matt Landers, Drew Sanders, Ricky Stromberg, and Dalton Wagner all invited to the scouting combine. But I wanted to bring this up because um, NFL Players Association President Tomari Smith yesterday uh, spoke about wanting to end the scouting combine and go to more regional-style pro days which I find very interesting. He says, think about it. The NCAA and NFL structure a combine during what should be every football player's last semester in college. Who thought it was a good idea to take your son and have him exclusively try out for the NFL's exclusive way of getting into the league? For the most part, unless you're a free agent, you have to be invited to the combine. It continues, you've got to waive all your medical rights. You've got to sit there and endure embarrassing questions, and I think that's horrible. Uh, why would you want your sp- your son to spend hours inside of an MRI then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors who are only doing it for one reason, to decrease your draft value? Well, we have somebody who's been through the NFL scouting combine here. Matt, what do you think? What do you think about the combine? That's a
0: bunch of bull, whatever that dude just said. He's he's absolutely wrong on so many ways. Uh, every way, that everything he said was wrong. Uh, the combine's unbelievable. It's like you're uh, in a factory and you're the... You're on the conveyor belt, and you're just going from. It's hurry up and wait. You you go wherever you go, and then you see a doctor, and then you see somebody else. But they're not trying to hurt you. It's like when I'd go. Both my parents are teachers, and I'd say this teacher don't like me, and my parents are like the teacher like. It's like you you need to straighten up and act right. You know, like uh, teachers are there to help you. The doctors are there to help you. They want to see. They're about to invest a million dollars in you. More, even even more, they want to see everything. They got to go through you and embarrassing questions. Get out of here. Have you ever been in? in NFL locker room if you can't be around it they'll chew you up and spit you out you, you got to get over that so I, I I get what he's trying to do but I think he's just wrong and everything he's
5: well, doing well Matt there there's there's people that get disqualified by the combine but for every one of those there's a Matt Jones that saw his value I was double or positions. triple yeah right what I mean that combine made you uh a nice little little paycheck yeah
0: <laughs> no it's it's, it's, you, it's very it's it's and like it is invitation only that's the thing it's it's a reward it's it's to go there and you get to be special because they do a pro day at every place but they have you in there you go you they bust you all over it's 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 crazy man it's it's you get up at 5 30 in the morning and you don't go to bed till 11 and it's hurry up and wait everywhere you just go here do this go here do this go there talk there, talk and it's it's by the end of your three days you were spent i mean you you, you sleep seven hours a day and it's just nonstop, but they have to do it. They have to see how you hold up. I mean, it's not, if it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it.
2: I want to focus on the mental aspect of this a little bit more. Maybe the emotional aspect is the way to go at this. They men- mentions the the embarrassing questions. They do. We've, we've but, heard some of these yeah. questions and everything, but to your point, you know, like you can't be soft emotionally to survive yeah. in a professional sports at
0: Everybody's looking for an edge, Phil. I'm telling you, they'll see it on your face and they will chew you up and spit you out. of there, There's 53 alphas in the locker room.
2: So, like, there's embarrassing questions about this or that that might not have anything to do with football. I just want to see you how get, you
0: react. Yeah.
2: When, well, when you get inside, it's not just teammates of yours or coaches that might put you in a certain position with a question of why did you do this or that or just to give you some crap because that's what happens mm-hmm. in a locker room or a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You also get some pretty uh, some pretty uncomfortable questions no, about from your parents. members of the media yep, yep. about situations that happen on or off the field sometimes. Your brother, your so sister. Pretent- yeah, I hadn't thought about it in those ways. Like It's, it's like almost, uh, not training, but testing uh, how somebody can deal with uh, just awkward interactions with they, somebody. They, that's what it sounds like.
0: They do. They try to get under your skin. Uh, you'll, you'll meet with people that are just doctors in specific areas and uh, doing math problems. They'll have somebody talking to you like me and you were talking and I have to make then they throw a ball over your head and you got to reach out and catch it while you're cont- continuing the conversation. And that's just certain places. And then they'll have somebody come in there. I had a coach go, how fast do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't I mean, I don't know. I run about a four four every time since I've been a junior in high school. He looks at me. He's like, "You can't run a four 4 And so I know it's just that he just wants to get my like what I what I'm gonna say. He just and I, wanted
2: to make you mad. And
0: I was just like, "All right, coach." I mean, I I, I mean, since I've been 17, I've ran a four four. I don't know what you want from me, you know. Like, but but I could have handled it a different way, you know. It's kind yeah, of yeah. You could
2: have
0: called the, him a name. Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you what coach it was. He's still not. He's not coaching right now. But I I know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He's well the not more coaching th- the more well, i think about this and I, I don't watch i don't watch the combine but i think of the combine in terms of how high you can jump how much you can it rent, is it's a
0: decathlon how fast you can run yeah
2: but there's another aspect of this like one of the things that smith is talking about is to do this regionally but I don't know, you know, getting everybody into one. Area. I want to
0: see all twenty-five of the top receivers in the same room. I want to look at you. I don't want to see number four over here in in at Stanford's campus and then go to Florida State to see two. Or so. I want to see all top the thirty-four receivers, the thirty-four D linemen. I want to see y'all together. And that's I mean, you got to look people at the eye, and I, I love it. I think the combine is much needed.
5: Running the right on the same
0: surface. I mean, it's just every you know. yeah, right. Everybody doesn't do the drills the same way at your at your pro day. That's that's Controlled very true, Clay. Yeah, that's, no that's a good point.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. That that is another aspect. See, this is. This is why I wanted to bring it up. I, I want to see no all
0: the receivers run. I want to see all the quarterbacks throw together. And then you can go do your pro day and do individual stuff. But you can really tell who's better than the Like, it It don't take much, Phil, for athletes to tell. Game, recognize game. When you're out there, you can be like, so-and-so can't play. Recognize game. You know what I mean? It's, it's Yep, yep. You're listening to the East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.
3: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.